Strong, healthy boundaries are one of the biggest gifts that you can give to anyone, even if they don't appreciate it at first. Hi, hope you're well. This is PD at the Art of Self-Development. This podcast is for everyone interested in psychology or who wants to develop the most useful people and life skills for yourself and for the people around you. I've been interested in psychology and in self-help, if you will, for quite a while. And one of the recurring themes, something that always is an issue and something that really is important to get a good grasp of, to really master in life, is personal boundaries. It is knowing exactly what you are responsible for where your responsibility lies in what happens in the real world, how you can affect it, what you can do, what is your responsibility to do, and what your responsibility is not to do. And this is something that can be as difficult to understand, maybe more, as the things that we have to do, the things that we need to do. This is about being independent, or rather, interdependent, at the end of the day, rather than being codependent, which is such a big deal for so many people. If you're listening in the US, you may be better off than most of us Europeans, I would think, because you tend to be led more towards independence and doing what you want and not caring too much about what other people do, which generally is a healthy thing to do. And there are downsides to that too, of course. Thinking you're more important than you actually are, than the situation warrants. Sometimes too strong a boundary can in itself be a weakness. Because when we talk about boundaries, we typically distinguish weak and strong ones. But that is not a good distinction. I know a lot of people who have strong boundaries who are not healthy psychologically. And quite often this happens when somebody feels they have been stepped on too much. So they ramp up, they build up barriers, they build strong boundaries so much that anything that happens for them, between them and another person, is my way or the highway. Again, too much of a good thing is not necessarily healthy because there are other people around with whom we have to make agreements, compromise, and cooperate. On the other hand, of course, a weak boundary is more obviously a weakness. Someone with a weak boundary can be a pushover. It can almost feel, when you're dealing with a person with a weak boundary, like they can't even make decisions for themselves because they always look to other people. They try to please the others. They don't think they are good enough for themselves. They can endlessly feel guilty about anything that goes wrong because they don't understand that they even have boundaries, that they're not responsible for everything. They can feel resentful to their partners and friends 
for having boundaries. They can constantly feel fear of rejection. Like they feel that other people are always in charge and all they can do is obey in order not to be left out. So good boundary function really is important and it is a lifelong skill that we can keep building pretty much indefinitely for most of us. And oftentimes, understanding boundaries is not as easy as it might seem. And we learn this almost accidentally. For example, you might think of a person with a very overbearing, controlling or aggressive partner who seems to be always even-tempered and relaxed and taking things astride. And you might think that, wow, he or she really is a very mature person because she doesn't let anything get to her until you realize that she, or he for that matter, has very weak boundaries, that this is how she works and that, in fact, this is what she expects, this is what she wants, this is how she functions. What he or she gets is the acceptance and the appreciation and respect for appearing to be so mature, in spite of their partner being a horrible person, so that their fear of rejection doesn't kick in. He or she can keep pleasing their partner and everybody else. And they can also feel in control in a situation that seems unmanageable to anybody else. That is because codependency, which is what this relationship is, is not healthy. It's not good for anyone, but it does have a purpose for the person being trampled on. It is an unspoken, hidden in fact, bit for control. Because it gives the person with a weak boundary as much control over their environment as they can get. And again, nobody is a bad person for doing that. But they might think they're doing the right thing by being understanding, by being stoic, by being friendly even, even though in fact they're making things worse. Because being passive, just like being passive-aggressive, is not helping. So boundaries are often not easy to see. And often it takes not just practice and experience seeing people interact with each other. It can often take a little bit of studying and figuring things out until we see the things that are not obvious at first. And good boundaries are really important if we ever want to have a good life and good relationships. Because we always attract the people who have similar values and similar boundaries, typically, as we have. And they will accept our boundaries as they perceive them, as we project them onto our environment. This is why a person who seems to always attract bad partners, who disrespect them, there is a reason for that. And again, it may not be obvious. It's the boundaries that we have how strong and how flexible they are that will determine 
who will choose to interact with us because they can feel it. So it's really useful to figure out our boundaries and it's really much easier to determine our boundaries, figure them out and put them in practice before we start a relationship than in an existing one. And this goes for friends, family members as well, or anyone else. So when we want to set boundaries in the course of a relationship, which is always the more difficult option, it's totally doable, but takes a little bit more guts and more practice. We need to create those boundaries first. We need to figure out what they are, what we're willing to accept and what we're not. Then we need to state those boundaries. You can't expect people who you have lived with for years to somehow get it. They're used to treating you in some way, and that's not going to change. In fact, this is one of those changes that people may resent the most. So if you tell your friend or your brother or your sister that you will not be available as much as you used to be because you need more space and you don't want to be taken for granted all the time, you need to very specifically say that and expect some pushback because they won't like it. They might see you as selfish because that is the shift from always being there to not being available as much. That's how people see it. Then, of course, we need to maintain those boundaries without chickening out and doing what we think we have to do in order to fit in, not be criticized or abandoned. And by the way, if you're a woman trying to explain your boundaries to a guy, be very specific. You have to understand that we are dumb. Guys usually take time to understand these things, and you have to tell them explicitly what you mean. And even then we might not get it for a while. You can't expect people to understand your boundaries without telling them. And there are some things you can ask yourself to figure out where you're at when it comes to your personal boundaries and how healthy or maybe unhealthy your boundaries are. Just to give you a better idea, and I've thought about it a little bit, just to figure out the most important questions to be asked, maybe even on a regular basis, just to know where you're at. Such as, do you respect the need of others to be themselves and to make their own decisions? This is a big one for me, because I tend to have a weaker boundary and I often feel responsible for everything that happens and for everyone being okay. Sometimes to the point of trying to save people or helping them too much. That is a weak boundary. Because people need to do things for themselves. It doesn't help to be helped too much. Do you respect your own right and your need to be independent from other people's lives? from their needs and from their emotions. Can you feel okay whether or not you're with other people or whether or not you're doing what you think they want you to do? That is a biggie. 
Can you let people make their own decisions without feeling responsible? Again, this should be an easier one. It's not easy for everyone. How much are you in control of your life and of your boundaries? Do you clearly know where your boundaries end and where other people's boundaries start? Can you see the line in every situation? Again, not as easy, but really worth clarifying. Do you take full responsibility for your life in every aspect? Do you support other people in becoming more independent, more mature, even if that means more independent from you? This is what every parent should always do, and many don't. Can you do what matters to you, what you find important, without being taken for granted by other people and feeling bad unless you do as you're asked? And you can go back in history a little bit, your own personal history. If you've inherited boundaries that are subpar, that are not ideal, which most of us have, do you know how that happened? Do you know who you took it from? Because chances are those boundaries were not originally yours. Maybe you learned those. So can you track the source? Can you find where you got it? Can you give it back to the sender? So that you can create space, understanding that maybe you took over something that did not belong to you. And you can choose to create something for yourself the way you want. And how will those new boundaries that you will create, what will they look like? How exactly do you want to set those boundaries for you and the people around you in a way that benefits all of you? You primarily, but in the long run, that'll work for the others as well. Because strong, healthy boundaries teach other people strong, healthy boundaries. It's a gift. Because the more we do that, the more the people that we attract into our lives reflect it, they respond to it, they appreciate it. You can literally see the change as you attract more people who are healthy, who are open and friendly and positive, creative, who don't need you but they want to be with you or around you because they appreciate who you are, who you've become. Then you can appreciate this new circle of friends and acquaintances and partners, perhaps, while still being independent because the boundaries between you work so well. And you're free to focus on what's important to you. You can focus on how you want to develop as a person. And all those doors for real development will open up. The doors that were not even there. Because when we are focused on people-pleasing, when we feel guilty about anything that happens, whether or not it is our fault, to a point where we can't even make decisions for ourselves, when we don't see our boundaries at all, because we seem to be engulfed by the people around us. That is not a position in which we can grow or make good decisions. Because we're not deciding from the right place, 
for the right reasons or to achieve the right goals. So it might take a while to develop the kind of boundaries that you want for yourself. And granted, it is easier if you start earlier, and especially if you start early in the particular relationship that this concerns, ideally before. But it is always so much worth it, it's not even funny. So listen to your gut. Figure out what do you want, what feels good, what feels natural, healthy, and what does not. Figure out exactly where your boundaries are. Then speak up. Tell the other person. Clarify for them what they can do and what they can't do in order for your relationship to be at its best. For the both of you. But of course, primarily, this is about you. Give yourself the permission to shape your life the way you see fit. The way that makes you happy. Because it's not our job to make other people happy. Nor is it other people's job to make us happy. But if we focus on the right things in life and on the right boundaries, we can all make it happen. You are the master and the sum total of your thoughts. Your thoughts create pictures which lead to your actions. Your actions create habits. Your habits create who you are. And most of all of these, your actions are the key. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Art of Self-Development. If you got some value out of this episode, or you know someone who might benefit from this podcast, share it with your friends. With questions, suggestions, or insights, write me at pdartofsd at gmail.com. Keep doing your part to create the best possible life for yourself and others. And through what you do, leave the world better than you found it.